Hey everyone, I'm Amanda. Welcome to Village Church Q&A. I'm here with Pastor Michael today, and he has the honor of answering most Yay. easy question ever. ever, and that is, <laughs> how do I disagree with a non-Christian on heated social issues? Okay, so I find myself in this circumstance often. <laughs> okay. Uh, I happen to be very social, so I talk to a lot of people, but when they hear I'm a pastor, uh, it's very funny because there's one of two responses. Uh, one response is like they immediately regret everything they just said. And they like, think about it. What did I say? Did I cuss? Uh, something. Um, the other one is they're like, oh, you're a pastor. Well, I have some questions for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you I'm like, pick at that. I'm like, bring it. Like, it's really, it's really okay. Yeah. And, uh, but this is, this is a very real thing, whether it's your family, whether it is uh, Thanksgiving or holiday, or you have your weekly meals or something, it's your neighbor, it's your best friend. Uh, the moment you start engaging on these social issues, it is fire. I mean, it is intense. And so um, one of the ways we just process this is that politics is the new religion. And that kind of fervor that you and I would have for the gospel, uh, people on the right and the left now have this for politics. It's their new functional religion. It consumes their reading, their thoughts, their interests, their debates, et cetera. And we'll just say the left and the right are growing further and further apart, and the demonization is growing exponentially. And and so like here's what we have to understand. When when I'm sitting down with a non-Christian, um, it's, it's actually not assumed that we're going to have different opinions on social issues. If they lean politically right or left, um, that's probably where we may end up disagreeing on some social issues. Um, but uh, first thing is I just, I don't assume that we're going to disagree. Um, often there is disagreement, right? Because the Bible develops a very different set of ethics when it comes to really heated social issues. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I want to start off and maybe give a couple categories of people who respond. Three of these categories, Amanda, you don't want to be. Okay. All right. One of them, I think you do want to be. Uh, and then maybe at the end, you can you can tell us which one you're <laughs> most like, okay? So here, here's the first kind of person that you don't want to be in the conversation. Uh, it is what we call the jerk. Okay, that one's easy. Yeah. You don't want to be the jerk. You don't want to be. And knowing you, I have high confidence that there's like <laughs> probably not many non-Christians in this world who would put that title Label. or adjective or noun, whatever it is to you. Uh, but they're bulldozers, and their goal is to make a point rather than make a difference. Um, they often don't realize that yelling and arguments and logic typically don't change most people's mind. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, most people's minds are going to be changed in the context of relationship. So that's just kind of a, a human thing. The second category is what we call the weak. These are people who are honestly just afraid. They're desperate to be liked. They're desperate to not be in conflict. They're desperate for... I see this uh, with Christians on social media all the time. They're desperate to be approved of by um, non-Christians. And uh, so they will publicly call out the sins of evangelicalism to let them all know that, you know, we know, and I'm not, I'm not like these people. Like there's a desperation mm -hmm. for approval. Uh, there's a third kind of person, which is the willfully ignorant. And this is the person who willfully chooses to not think, study, or look at some of these heated issues so that they don't have to do much about it. Unfortunately, if you're raising kids or grandkids or you're discipling people, uh, we don't have the option to not know what the Word of God says on heated issues that that it speaks to. Yeah. The fourth person, I think, is the one that we want to be. Um, we don't always nail this, but like this is the goal. We want to be the wise person. And the wise person does a couple different things that I think are really important. Uh, number one, the wise person is humble. The wise person, even though our 
positions are rooted in the Word of God, or at least to those issues which the Word of God speaks, we also listen because not only not always do we understand it perfectly. So it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. I want to truly believe that I have something to learn. Um, and that belief, that conviction allows me to listen. It allows me to listen and not just retort, but just to really listen to say, okay, are there any good things here? Do I agree with them? Is their logic solid? That's, that's really, I think, really important. Um, what, they're also, what they also do is they're not just uh, humble, um, they're empathetic. They really want to understand how this person got to this position. Like, here's what we find. I find this with Christians, non-Christians. We believe things that are often an overreaction to our pain mm. um, or to our disappointment rather than what is rooted in God's word. And so maybe there's something going on in this person. So not only do I want to be humble, I want to be empathetic um, with them. Uh, and, and here's, I think, I don't know that I would put this one as most important, but I think it can be the most challenging. Um, when I'm talking to them, I want to make sure that so far as it depends on me, whatever I believe or they believe, that I am not doing anything that unnecessarily jeopardizes the relationship. So as a Christian, here's a core conviction of mine. I do not need you to believe what I believe, to like what I like, to think what I think for me to love you and be in relationship with you. Mm. I and don't need that's that. That's so powerful. Right. That is that is a Christian thing. Like yeah. that is that is unique, okay? Um, the more the world goes left or right in extreme ways, the more it becomes a, a zealous religion politics, uh, we require sameness of thought in order to be in relationship. As a Christian, I would rise mm. above kind of all of that and say, um, I don't need conformity. In fact, if, if my idea is really great and it's really true and it's really right um, in the context of relationship, I think I can make some headway. But even in that process, I might learn a lot also because I want to also not, I want to be humble and empathetic. So, um, so here's what we do. I, I want to make sure that, that I do nothing unnecessarily to jeopardize this relationship. So here's how most often I do this. I make the issue the Bible rather than me. So for example, let's say you say to me, uh, what's your opinion on abortion? I will often say something like this. Hey, uh, happy to share with you my opinion. Um, and, uh, but I think as a pastor, one of the things you should know is that my opinion is really developed from the word of God. Maybe it'd be better if we just kind of talked about that and what the word of God says on that. And then I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Um, and then I can share with you maybe after that, some of my thoughts, cause this really does form my thoughts. Um, and maybe, hey, maybe I'm not understanding it the best, right? So I'd love to hear what you have to say. But um, So I try to make the main thing the Bible and their relationship with God over their relationship with me. And then when it does come to me, I just go out of my way to make sure, hey, um, like here's what I think, here's where I'm at. Unfortunately, there are words that um, when you just say what you think, it's true and it's right, but they are inflammatory words. Mm -hmm. So if someone says to me, Michael, do you think abortion is murder, right? I do. I think it's murder, but here's, here's my challenge, right? Do I say that? Sometimes I do. It depends on the relationship. Mm -hmm. But here's what I also know. Most people getting abortions don't think they're murdering people. Right. You know what I mean? So there's yep. a difference between what is objective and what intentions are. Yep. So I am, I am tender to how people understand themselves. I'm also familiar enough, I think, with kind of how vocabulary lands. So I, I want to be, I just want to be wise. Um, and yeah, in, it's kind of fighting words, you know, like, they are and, fighting the, words. In, and can that person take that level of intensity yes, or what, good, a, yeah. you know, is that going to injure the relationship? Should I go there? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So let me give you two categories of people. I think this is like, 
this is just good general wisdom, right? There is, there's one category, which is, I call them the interested, meaning they actually want to know what I think. That's special. Yes. Uh, if you're extreme right or extreme left and you're willing to listen and you really want to know what I think. And, and for me to really engage at that point, I have to have some level of confidence that you really do love me. Um, or that you really are interested in what I'm thinking, or you're not going to leverage it and use it just to abuse me later. Mm-hmm. Um, those are real things that I have to I have to process. Um, also, sometimes I want to make sure I'm not being recorded because some people do weird things, and I'm like, I, like this is kind of, this is kind of the world we live in, right? I mean, I record mm-hmm. everything we do, right? But right. like, you just never quite know what people are thinking or what they're doing or what the schemes they're up to are, and. So I'm not hyper paranoid. I just try to be a little more discerning with that Right. One, Are you, you a know? safe person that yeah. is actually like, interested? Totally. Yeah. And ideally there'd be some relational context, but you know, I just go with my gut. I listen to some things. So category of person number one would be the interested. And then category number two would be the angry. Um, on the surface, they may not be raging, but you can tell there is a fire in them and that, and that the moment you kind of poke at one of their issues, they like, I mean, the feistiness. Unleash. Oh, yes. right. Well, how could you? Like it automatically goes personal. personal. You are. And yeah. and again, if the goal is to win somebody, the you are language this is like marriage counseling 101. Yep, like yep. You are, you are, get rid of you are language, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, but when you're angry, you are's just come out. And so the moment I hear that, I'm like, you know what? Um, I should probably be done. I've had a handful of circumstances where I knew I should have been done. Mm. Um, but I thought I could be right. So I kept going. It didn't go well. It right. Usually or sometimes <laughs> you feel like you could, you can love them to a better place where you can preserve yeah. the relationship, but yeah. it's not coming back well. Right. And so it's not re- really fruitful to have some of those conversations. And I would say more than ever are people on social media, is that <laughs> a right or wrong forum? You know, so many people feel like uh, it's my responsibility to speak up, but mm. I rarely see it ever going well. But yeah. people would say, if you shut up and sit down, then they won't ever know. Have you ever been like berated on Facebook oh, for yeah. a position? Oh, yeah. yeah. How'd that make My you feel? My whole life, but on social media, <laughs> everybody gets to see. Yeah, right? My goodness. Yes. Right. Where Did that change disagrees. your mind ever? No, there's yeah. no minds that are ever changed. Right. There's the, no the 0.01%, how's that? You're, but like you said, there's a very special person yeah. that can go into those spaces, written spaces, yeah. and actually show care and yep. show their point yep. and and kind of take the blows but also like keep pushing correct i know of two in my entire life who have been able to handle the political sphere with the right and the left in a way that is not polarizing and two i mean i i've seen a lot of people on facebook and yeah two yeah two one of them is way better than the other but two are in the echelon of so like the summary skilled. is probably not the wisest space to yeah it doesn't work um, so for, so my life is a little different because the moment I put anything on Facebook, people feel the freedom to berate or do ridiculous things. It's mm-hmm. my wife as well. So we, we have pulled off largely mm-hmm. on Facebook because it's not effective. Um, this for me is a much more effective place because if you want to hear it, you'll click on it and you'll listen to it. And if you're bored after a minute, you can turn it off and that's fine. Like yeah. this is, this is more of a neutral platform where, um, also, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's just a little bit safer. I think a little less confrontational. It gives the listener, the watcher, the viewer, the freedom to leave whenever they want without recourse. And yeah, so uh, let it let it be said of us though, um, whether it's social media um, or in person, um, that we are not jerks, that we are not weak, we are not willingly ignorant, but we are wise. That we value in our wisdom uh, the relationship over making a point, 
that we are humble and empathetic. Uh, let it be said of us that really when people hear us that we have done nothing um, in terms of our attitude that would push them away. If they're pushed away, let it be because of their zealousness and their bigotry and their inability to be around people different than them. As for Christians, um, I'm not threatened by your worldview. Um, I'm not threatened by your disagreement. Um, I welcome it. It's actually a lot of fun. And there are some relationships I have that I just have a blast with because we do not agree. And that's, that is actually okay. Um, because we love each other more than we demand conformity. That's mm. a, that's a hard place to be. And it's also hard when politics and social media don't permit that space. No, no. Uh-huh. And I think it's a journey that we're just starting yep. to get on. Oh, yeah. If it's hard now, just imagine the next five or 10 years. You know, what happens when big tech cens- censorship also? Like if you tend to have a more conservative view, not only is debate quenched, right? But now there are actual voices not being a part of the conversation anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. this that's that's just right now, we're going to be dealing with completely different issues in three, five, ten years. I mean, yep. who knows where we're going to be at by then. But it's hard and we need it's the spirit of wisdom. <laughs> spirit of wisdom. And I think that's great to keep those qualities and, you know, just what our priorities as Christians are, as we're engaging nonbelievers. Um, all of that was so helpful. Yep. And I mm-hmm. think on the flip side, this is also an important issue, is answering the question, how do I disagree with another Christian on politics? And we're actually going to be answering that question next time. 